1: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858.
0: The T20 World Cup is coming to our shores in 2020 with the best of the best striving for the ultimate glory. Before that all kicks off, let's join Mel Jones as she chats to cricket royalty on road to the T20 World Cup. The road to the T20 World Cup continues with one of the most recognisable faces in world cricket. Former world number one, one day international bowler, winner of two ICC World Cups and three Ashes campaigns. One of the preeminent cricket commentators, presenters, broadcasters in world cricket, a deep thinker, a lover of good food, and with an unplanned day off, still finds time to support the game. Gur, welcome.
1: Mel, <laughs> what a pleasure. <laughs> you uh, say that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, you're an absolute superstar. I'm a little bit nervous, actually. Nervous? Because you, why? Because you know me so well. I know. So.
0: I'll be kind, trust me, this is going to the world, so I'm (laughs) I'm not going to throw you under the bus. We are going to start with something that I've asked everyone on the podcast so far is, what is your most, or one of your most vivid sporting memories that just brings joy back to you when you think about it?
1: And I have to have been at the game? No, 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 it could
0: be, no, 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 you could have been watching someone else play, you could could have been anything.
1: Okay. Um, I'd have to probably go back to 2005 I mean just so many incredible things happened this year Um, and in recent times you look at the World Cup final at Lords, men's women's just two exhilarating um, just incredible moments in time Headingly with Ben Stokes. Um and they're just in, they're just mesmerizing games to watch. Um and you're just so compelled to just view everything as a spectator but also as a fan of the game. But um I'll probably go back to two thousand five because that was probably a significant moment for us as a women's team to be able to follow the men at the same time. Um and what it did for the country. You're
0: talking about the ashes. The ashes yep.
1: and uh you know, we hadn't beaten Australia in such a a, a long time. I think it was forty two years or something. I think it was here. Yeah. yeah, and all right, you don't need to. Don't <laughs> <laughs> You're bringing up one that's hurting me, so it's okay. <laughs> no, um and the boys. So we would we would essentially play out our day, and then we'd get back to the hotel and watch the boys. Um, on on the telly, and it was just one of those uh, things where we just felt so, I guess, patriotic at the time. Just supporting mm-hmm. supporting our guys. We were sort of in it together. Yeah. Um, what they did was so magical that it kind of gave us a boost to believe that we could then go on and do it.
0: Yeah.
1: And it it was something that really just captivated the whole nation, and. You know, that led to obviously the celebrations in London, which again, you know, that was beyond our wildest dreams to even be part of that, let alone understand how people felt about the Ashes yeah. at that time. So, um, yeah, I, I think just watching the boys do what they did at Buston Um, where it went down right to the wire Steve Armisen Geraint Jones with the catch uh, Michael Kasparovich and Billy Bowden gives it out Yeah, uh, just that's a significant moment um, and a vivid memory that I have um, from from back in the day you shared
0: the uh, double decker bus with them as well and the celebrations what do you remember of that moment
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not a lot I (laughs) I I remember we went down to the Oval for the final day and we'd all got together the night before and, and had dinner together and probably had a few drinks. So so we kind of got it out of the system a little bit that night Yeah. Uh, and then had quite a, a relaxed evening before the, the day of the celebrations. And we turned up to the, the boys' hotel and it was just mayhem everywhere, people everywhere. Um, Freddie had obviously just come in from the bar... <laughs> At seven in the morning. And uh, I remember him holding up his his little one. Yeah. Um, and uh, Holly, I can't she wouldn't have been... She was just a baby at the time. And I remember thinking, I really hope <laughs> there's someone to catch her if he drops her. <laughs> but obviously that wasn't going to happen. Um, and then, yeah, we all kind of went went outside and yeah there were quite a few people already sort of milling around outside before we got onto our bus and uh, we were in the double decker bus behind the boys and it was just one of those incredible kind of feelings to kind of go through from Mansion House all the way to Trafalgar Square and it was literally there was no space available whatsoever there were people lining the streets climbing up lampposts hanging off lampposts there were people sort of hanging out of buildings windows and just like shouting out to us Um, and we all just looked at each other in disbelief and we didn't care that everyone was shouting are you the wags (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't know that the England women's cricket
0: team had also won the Ashes and they just thought that you guys were the wives and girlfriends of the men's team. Is that what you... <laughs> that's
1: exactly right. Um, but that's what it was, hmm. you know. That's how it was back then. Yeah. And you wouldn't even... That would never happen these days, no. would it now?
0: No. like, <laughs> So f- from doing that, available. you you guys would have had the opportunity because being on the bus and winning the Ashes of inspiring the next generation of girls coming through, who inspired you to play the game of cricket?
1: Well, I think for for many of us uh, at that sort of age, um, there wasn't a lot of women's cricket available. Well, there just wasn't any available on, on television, really. Uh, and so, you know, it, it was mum and dad talking about... The likes of Kapil Dev and Sunil Gavaskar, and then I'd watch a lot of cricket on television. So, when did
0: they get to, when did they arrive in England?
1: Uh, they arrived in England in the 70s.
0: Yep. So, they um, grew up on Indian cricket predominantly? Yeah, they, didn't they? Yeah.
1: they grew up on Indian cricket. Mum and dad from Kolkata, Eden Gardens, one of the, you know,
0: iconic grounds. Yeah, isn't one it? of the most
1: mm. iconic grounds in the world. And back then, you know, there weren't in, there wasn't the seating and position, mm. so hell were probably about 100,000 people. Yeah. I mean, you had the pleasure of playing there Uh, and just an awesome atmosphere every time you go but uh, dad had already kind of been coming over um, on his own in the 60s um, to I guess start a better life for him and what would eventually be his family and yeah so that's that's kind of you know, he, he only went back to have an arranged marriage with mum um, before, within two or three weeks, he was whisking her back over to right, England. Right, OK. And I had so much admiration for her because she, you know, essentially was marrying someone she didn't know. And um, pretty much after the wedding, she was st- straight away in his brother's house and meeting all his family. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she's being told, yep, yeah, we're going to go to the UK.
0: Did uh, you talk to her about that? What was her overriding emotion at that time?
1: Yeah. Uh, she just she talks about it or she talked about it with I guess I can't believe I did that sort of yeah. thing. Um that's how she used to talk about it and but she did and and you know many women did back then. Yeah. Um you know they'd be sort of off living in different places like my my aunt um ended up in germany and so my mum's sister um mom's brothers kind of went to america but obviously yeah. it's, it's different being woman and kind of completely. going into a completely different yeah. environment um she you know she learned english at school so she could she could hold a conversation yeah. and you know she was she was immersed in it pretty much straight away she was always someone who was quite head head on and wanted to get out and, and explore and um and generally very independent so you know she was really that
0: of, surprises me
1: <laughs> <laughs> she passed that on
0: <laughs> i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but
1: um yeah so that's kind of how that started and you know dad originally was based in east london mm-hmm. hence his love for west ham <laughs> and And then they kind of moved out of London uh into a place called Hybergcomb, about half an hour west of London, and uh yeah, had my brother and then and then me and yeah, um a lot of the people saw.
0: that have been on the podcast so far when they're talking about getting into cricket there's a common theme of either because of family or because of a brother or but also because there wasn't a lot of support because there was no visual of seeing women playing and it was a very sort of male upbringing. Was that the same for you? Uh,
1: yeah, it, it, absolutely. Uh, I basically copied my brother and everything he did. So cricket in the summer, badminton. So he's
0: got a great outswinger as well?
1: Uh, no, no. what happened <laughs> was we... Uh, the, the garden was perfect for playing cricket. It was long, it was thin um we had crates as the wickets the greenhouse was over to the onside so we'd continually smash the windows and dad would get upset um (laughs) but it was classic scenario of my brother would get me out very early on like within about one or two balls Mm -hmm. because he was rapid and then i would have to
0: Ball 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 ball
1: uphill into the wind
0: so nothing changed for the rest of your, rest of your career. <laughs> yeah.
1: And we had a driveway as well, um, which was exactly the same, but that was that was way steeper. But every now and then we'd go up there as well. So, um, yeah, that's cricket was in the genes anyway. Mm. And um, we, mum and dad noticed my interest when I used to try and chase after the ball. Um, yeah. My brother was practicing in the back garden. Um, the cricket club was minutes down the road he was already playing there so uh mum basically persuaded dad that um she yeah that I could play with the boys and that's kind of how that started but yeah it was it was a case of again mum trying to encourage me to do a lot of extracurricular activities because that's what she'd done with with my brother so yeah like I said badminton in the winter hockey and uh a bit of tennis, but hockey and tennis kind of drifted away very quickly. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Do you
0: think that's why you became a bowler? Because your frame, if you looked at it, you'd say, you know, probably more suited towards batting or spin bowling or something along those lines. For.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I, I guess maybe, yeah, just all those that all that time mm. in the back garden just bowling and bowling and i actually think the badminton was a big factor in my bowling because yes so uh just the the obviously the hand eye coordination yeah. but when you kind of had to uh hit a clear shot at the back of the back of the court or a smash yeah it's the how quickly your arm and your shoulder comes through yeah and that was i guess a real feature of the way i bowled was that snap through yeah and and my arm action was was quite quick and i guess that's where that originated from maybe yeah. um it kind of just it all just fed each other mm-hmm. um, and and maybe that's why i had that kind of quick action which helped me um generate pace yep given my height so <laughs> yeah that's that's um i guess that's where that came from
0: So you get involved in cricket. Um, You probably didn't think it was ever going to be a a career choice in terms of being full-time professional. So you then um, semi-pro, (laughs) semi-pro, amateur. (laughs) You go. You go to university. You get a bachelor of science in biochemistry, a master of philosophy in neuroscience. Took you seven years to tick that one off. Is (laughs) You look quite pained. I know now. So it's not good memories.
1: Um, it, it just, for, even now it feels like that's such a, a, large amount of time where I could have been doing something else.
0: So you don't think it's been of benefit in uh, any way, shape or form? I think. Cause you're a science geek. Like, I don't think a lot of people would realise that about you.
1: <laughs> given the conversations that we've had recently. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I loved it for the first three months and then I was like, I just can't. What have I done? Cause of the time commitment? time commitment it was it's really um, something I'd never really experienced before you can be in a lab for three months doing the same experiment day in day out and sometimes experiments can take five or six days to kind of set up and and get get a result and you can spend three months doing something a certain way Mm -hmm. based on your technique and, and there are so many different variables and you want to keep it the same so you can get repeated, repeated results. Yeah. And after three months, you can get to a point where actually you've done something wrong and that's why you're not getting your results. So you've wasted three months of time, three months of yeah. effort yeah. for one stupid, silly mistake. And that is heartbreaking <laughs> from a time point of yeah. view because you put so much into it. And that is science. That, yeah. you know, that is... Basically, the foundation of science. All the kind of greatest discoveries. Yep. All the greatest discoveries have generally been found by mistake. But in this particular scenario, mm-hmm. I just—I was never going to find anything because I'd done something wrong. Mm. So, um, you do that for seven years. It's uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's quite frustrating. I'm but gonna, yeah,
0: but surely. You know, we speak about resilience in sport and life heaps of times these days. It's a bit of the buzzword. You've you've got to come out of it, though, knowing that you have learnt something about yourself and about process and, and all those sorts of things.
1: Yeah. Uh, willpower, hmm. um, determination, like you say, resilience to, to be able to get through it. I, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. If they're <laughs> trying to do a part-time thesis, Yeah, make sure the rest of your time is spent actually in that field. I mean, I... I was still playing cricket Um, when I started and then I obviously retired and, and then the kind of media stuff picked up and, mm. and so that was taking me all around the world and, and so essentially what was happening was I couldn't really do my work away because um, you know what it's like you have to prepare so much for, yeah. for games and there's a lot of time and energy that get that goes into that, so I would just almost park the thesis and then I'd come back to it, but it would take me two or three weeks to get my head back into yeah. it. So that was that was uh, the other frustrating thing about the whole thing. But um, you know, at the end of it, I did discover some really interesting things, which I I if I had the opportunity to, I would definitely follow up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, through more ex- experimentation, yeah. uh, maybe further down the line. But I did, I did find some some interesting things.
0: Okay, in a very quick snapshot. What were those? <laughs> oh, God, that <laughs> was the, was oh, the crux God. of it all. Okay.
1: Um. Uh, how can I explain it in a concise way? So, I was looking at the effect the, the effect of inhibiting a specific protein. So. Every cell has receptors. Yep. Um, we're made up of cells. Every cell has a recept- like loads of different receptors um, on the outside of, of the cell and various different proteins bind to those receptors and cause mm-hmm. like a signaling pathway which causes the cell to grow, die, continue living and just do different things. Yeah. Um, And I was looking at one specific pathway in ageing neurons in the peripheral nervous system. So that's not the brain, the central nervous system is the brain. So the peripheral nervous system um, is outside of the brain and specifically the neurons I was looking at. um, So you have uh, sensory neurons, which basically, whenever someone touches you, any kind of temperature change on your body any kind of reflex that sensory pathway that goes to your dorsal root ganglion which are attached to your spinal cord that goes up into your brain and then you have your motor neurons which are the ones that go to your limbs to to create yep. something whether it's like lifting a finger or yep. or whatever based on what the the sensory uh signal is mm-hmm. so i was looking at neurons that project to your iris and to your cerebral blood vessels yep so essentially I would be taking neurons from aging mice which um, this is all done within the morally right way Mm -hmm. uh, of science and uh, these these mice have uh, been bred specifically for these experiments. Yeah. So I will be taking those neurons and then cultivating them in a culture, so on a Petri dish. <laughs> and of course, uh, across three or four days, I'll be adding different inhibitors to stop a process within that cell and see what happens basically. Does the yeah. cell die? Does it live? Does it grow? And then I form results based on that. Now there are other um, types of cells near neurons called glia which essentially they're they're described as the glue that kind of keep neurons together but actually i think there's a larger role that they have to play so when you have a a head injury uh and this has been an issue um with concussion Mm -hmm. is that The repair process is for the glia to proliferate. So that causes glial scarring and that can lead to lesions in your brain. So uh, I found some interesting things that happened to those glial cells in my study.
0: Um, So that was the concise... Sorry R- Response
1: Shall I try <laughs> Should I try concise <laughs> No no advice? no, no. God, I don't know How much time you have
0: Oh look We've got We've got forever No no, no. <laughs> Needless to say It could be something You could go back to
1: It is yeah There we go <laughs> I would actually Be interested In, in looking at it um, in, in sport and
0: In cricket specifically um,
1: No just, just in sport, sport in general with and, yeah. and concussion And, yeah. and so forth
0: we're going to a, get off track here a little bit, but this is what I tend to do. On that, do you think that the concussion issues in cricket should be looked at differently for males and females? Or is there a similarity in concussion across Everyone's both genders? Everyone's wired
1: differently. Yeah. We we know about 5% about what, uh, of what goes on in our brain. Yeah. That's starting to change now, actually, because of all the the tools that we have to to study the brain Mm -hmm. um because it's very difficult you can't take someone's brain out to to study so yeah you need all these different electrodes and so forth and sensors to to understand what is actually happening Mm -hmm. from a network point of view and we know very little about all of that um consciousness is a big kind of taboo subject but i think that will you know we're on the verge and the cusp of of some interesting findings. I think in the next decade or so. Um, so actually, that is something that I would be really interested in doing with my the- like on the back of doing my thesis. So it wasn't yep. it wasn't all bad. No, it was. <laughs> I just I just say it because.
0: And the best thing is, you've dispelled the biggest myth in cricket that fast bowlers are dumb. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks, mate. You're calling to fast.
0: <laughs> should have thought that one through a little bit more. Shouldn't <laughs> I? <laughs> Best player, and you can name a couple, you ever played with?
1: Claire Taylor.
0: Why? Uh,
1: just. had this incredible way of. Um, okay, why? Let, let's start that again. <laughs> she worked hard to be the best that she could be. Um, it it was something that actually came quite late to her and um, she had to really drill it down to to kind of work out the processes of becoming, you know, one of the best players and yeah. scoring runs heavily in different scenarios. Very logical sort of brain, did maths at Oxford, so you can imagine, you know... So two geeks um,
0: <laughs> now together, excellent, right? <laughs> I can see the common theme here. <laughs> and,
1: uh always she was a really good person to have in the team because she would just think outside the box and just yeah. come at it from a completely different point of view and yep. it would just I think you need people like that in your team mm-hmm. just to attack things from a different angle but just the way she conducted run chases yeah. um, I think everyone will
0: 2009, no, 2009
1: semi-final Semi final yeah. against Australia um, Australia scored 160-odd in a semi. We're going, oh, my God, we're never going to chase that down. There's pressure on us because we just it to been That's when T20 just started.
0: So yeah. these days people go, oh, yeah, no, yeah. that should be right. But yeah. that was...
1: Yeah, so 11s, 12s and over consistently. We've lost Lottie and, and Sarah Taylor. And uh, Claire Taylor's out there with Beth Morgan, and she's just got Game Face on. And the skill of the run chase, as we see with Veracoli all the time now mm-hmm. around the world um it's there's a certain art to it and she just did all the numbers in her head the calculations the probabilities the high risk shots the low risk shots against each and every different bowler this is all being programmed in her mind
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: and she's able to get there in the end and and that was why i thought she was one of the best um and then the, the most gifted probably charlotte edwards so, two co- completely contrasting,
0: completely different individuals.
1: Individuals. <laughs> um, but she.
0: Which is also the beauty of sport, isn't
1: it? Yeah. 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 Just naturally gifted. Uh, and just the way how late she played the ball. She wasn't the quickest between the wickets, but. It's okay, could... we've already had her on. Oh, she yeah. said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you could guarantee. She would drop that ball and she would know that she could get down the other end and it would be a real source of frustration bowling against her because she would just play with you, Mm. like, in terms of just getting off strike. And anyway, so, she, yeah, probably her.
0: Okay. And a couple of the best that you've played against?
1: Uh, Best I've played against? uh, Early days, Belinda Clark, Catherine Fitzpatrick. Uh, I sort of was able to face Catherine Fitzpatrick at, towards the end of her career, so mm-hmm. she was she's still quick, but yeah. <laughs> not as quick as in her pomp. And that was scary enough. And Karen Rolton, who literally would take bowling attacks apart
0: yeah.
1: um, at the flash of a blade or whatever it was that she did, just smashed it to all parts and very difficult but I did actually enjoy bowling I liked bowling at left-handers um and yeah I'd probably say say those two yeah three
0: test match cricket it's still out of reach for so many female players at the moment unfortunately um you bagged a Pfeiffer. I can't believe I'm going here as well. This is just, just paining me greatly, but I've got to do it. Career best Pfeiffer against Australia in an Ashes series. Is that a
1: highlight? Yeah, without a doubt. Individually, I mean, yeah. In, yeah, World Cup, Ashes. The Ashes contest was just, they were just incredible. I mean, it took me a while to actually play Australia for the first time. So I made my debut in 2002 and we didn't Scotland face them. <laughs> was your debut game, Scotland? no no <laughs> India oh no, that was um like a under twenty one so but I think that was registered I think that's in the stats yeah, as as your as my official, debut. yeah mm. but actually my official debut was two thousand and two against India, so it took another three years before. We got the chance to play Australia in the World Cup mm-hmm. and, you know, we would had all these stories from, from all the girls, Claire Connor... Lies, Jonathan, lies ooh. and more lies, no doubt. Just, yeah, mostly lies about how good you were. <laughs> <laughs> fell into that one too. <laughs> no, just your pure dominance really as, you know... Just ran parallel with the men of, of how long you dominated for such a long period of well. I mean, it was decade. It was a decade of dominance for, for Australia. And uh, I can't remember what the initial question was. Five was for five 40. Four. yeah. So any time we played Australia, it was you know you wanted to do well and you because you're playing the best. So that for me in Barrow, uh it been a tricky It'd been a tricky tour up until that point. I hadn't featured too much in the one day as they wanted to go with more spinners, mm-hmm. which was frustrating. I got an opportunity at the SCG. I didn't bowl that well, and so I just thought that was that was me done for the rest of the the tour. Yeah. And then I I got the kind of nod the day before. I remember bowling at Lottie and I was bowling well, and I just got I ended up getting quite emotional because I was really frustrated. I just for some reason you could drop me. F- It'll not play me in one day as well, T20s, but yep. test cricket, it would just hurt me the most because I just was so desperate to play test matches.
0: And is that because of growing up with your mum and dad watching men's test match on cricket? Um, Why was test match cricket so important to you?
1: Uh, I think, yeah, watching a lot of it, um, you knew that you were g- going to be running the drinks for five days <laughs> or four days. Ulterior It's no. okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. It wasn't because I, It was because I genuinely... Loved bowling with a red ball and in yep. whites, and I just that was when I felt most alive. And yep. the ability to set a, a batter up or or mm-hmm. just get that ball swinging in yeah. different phases of the game. And so, my debut at 2002 at Taunton, Mitali Raj got a double century with bowling on a road. Um, I think I bowled 40 overs. I was 17 years old, so I could only bowl seven over spells, <laughs> and I loved it. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Like, it was. The greatest thing. Who was the captain then? That had ever happened. Claire Connor. It was, Claire yeah.
0: wouldn't have loved it going, yeah. <laughs> <"Seven> <laughs> I have, damn, I have to take you off now. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> what time yeah. did she come here? <laughs> I, honestly, and yeah, so, and then it just happened. Like, I remember going to the ground, and I'd played there before with the under 19s in Barrow. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, so much history attached to it, it was Sir Donald Bradman, and I have just got this feeling. Um, I'm sure you've had it, Mel. Uh, where you just get the feeling that something is gonna happen. You're on. <laughs> it just the it was it's quite green. There's that white picket fence, such an iconic place, yeah. or just a kind of picturesque place to to play cricket. And it just has an aura about it, barrel So fairly English conditions. It was overcast, and we ended up bowling first. I, I got an early breakthrough and then I was sort of away and it was just one of those moments in time where you just kind of feel you're going to get a wicket every ball and you're kind of so in the zone that anything you do sort of you know I was I was bowling deliveries Claire Taylor would move herself a little bit to the left the ball would go to her and yeah Yeah, so so very special moment.
0: Okay, that pained me greatly, so we're going to have to take a quick break (laughs) so I can just recover from uh, talking all things England beating Australia in Ashes series. We'll be back shortly to talk a little bit about media and about the upcoming T20 World Cup. The T20 World Cup is coming to our shores in 2020 with the best of the best striving for the ultimate glory. Before that all kicks off, let's join Mel Jones as she chats to Cricket Royalty on road to the T20 World Cup. Everyone remembers their debut game for their own country playing? Do you remember your debut commentary game? Take that silence as a no. <laughs>
1: Don't actually no.
0: Did you ever think it was going to be a career path?
1: No, never. I'd obviously watched a lot of you and, and thought she's amazing, but I could never do it. And um, you know, I'd heard Ali on the radio, and I just thought, yeah, doing doing amazing things. Claire Claire Connor when she worked with Channel yep. Four, you know, I, I was super happy for her. She. She was doing that while still being captain of England. So, yep. Yeah, and I never imagined that I'd be any good at it. Um, and it took a while, actually, more so than presenting for me to actually think that I could be any good at commentating. So only in the last sort of... You're always wanting to be better and, and get mm-hmm. better as a commentator, but probably the last three years. Why is that? Is I that because you don't,
0: didn't back your knowledge of the... Game or the way in which you could tell the story. Or... I just
1: didn't like my voice.
0: Isn't that funny? Because that's you hear that a lot, particularly from the female side of things. Yeah. Is that because you didn't like it, or do you felt that um, the general public in cricket, which is predominantly male, wouldn't like it?
1: I think I didn't. I didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. So I always felt that presenting. Which is was...
0: ironic because we've been speaking for six hours now. <laughs> <laughs> not quite <laughs> so you're over that can't,
1: <laughs> you can't get a word in no. <laughs> um, yeah I I mean I, I always kind of backed my knowledge of the game I think a significant moment for me was working here so any, with anything that I try and do I want to do it to the best of my ability mm. and we've had conversations about this before of taking opportunities because you want the experience to get better. I think going yeah. to the CPL was really good for me. Yep. Um, and they were the first kind of competition around the world before the IPL to, mm-hmm. to kind of introduce a woman into the
0: yeah
1: the the T Twenty scene. So,
0: and when to, when you went over for that was was an underlying sense of nerves. Were you scared? Was it?
1: I think I wasn't as scared because I felt like no one was really watching um, from a global perspective.
0: Yeah.
1: So maybe locally, but not necessarily in England, where, you know, I probably felt the pressure a bit more. So Mm -hmm. it was a chance to kind of hone my skills and and get better. Yeah. Um, Similar with Star, um, they got me involved in test coverage in 2014. again i was i felt a little bit another first yeah uh, i i basically felt out of my depth um when i was doing that but once i was in it i actually thought no actually i i I can probably do this i know i'm saying the right things it was just not necessarily coming out in the way i'd like it to so and that comes with doing it more and more so and then
0: a harsh judge though
1: yeah yeah I think most athletes are, aren't they? Or, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I was an athlete, but... You were an athlete. <laughs> a sports person. Yeah. Because you just want to be the best version of yourself in anything you do. And mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I'm, you know, generally now, I'm, if I mess up, I can quickly just park it to one side and just move on to the next day because
0: because you had three months of testing neurons in a Petri dish that then <laughs> fell apart. So it's, this is this is where I'm getting yeah. to, isn't it? You know, yeah. you did learn something from that, <laughs> yeah. that experience. <laughs> yeah,
1: true. Uh, well, what about you? How, like... Hey, whose interview is I... this?
0: Huh? <laughs> nice try. Can you interview nice yourself? Nice try, Can I interview myself? Yeah, for this. That would be quite... I, I do remember doing a... um couple of... If you turned this around, I did a one day game between India A and Australia A up in Townsville um, by myself a live stream game for 100 overs and it, it <laughs> got late into the second innings and I was asking myself questions so Jonesy what do you reckon about that well Mel I'm glad you asked <laughs> so maybe if I can do that Split uh, yeah <laughs> don't go there yeah <laughs> If you never think of getting into a certain career, you you never really then have idols or people you look up to because you never think you're sort of going to go there. Now that you're in the media, who are the ones that you you look at and think that's they've nailed that, or yeah. you know, I'd love to be able to do that. Or,
1: yeah, I just take something from everyone. Yeah, that that is on on the circuit. Mm. Uh, we work with some pretty incredible commentators yeah, at the IPL, um, World Cup coverage here in Australia, um, and there's so many different facets to commentary as well, uh, TV, radio, but you break it down even further, lead commentary yeah. uh, as an analyst.
0: Do you have a preference?
1: Uh, I...
0: Not what you think you're better at, what you enjoy more. Or it could be the same thing.
1: <laughs> I don't. Do I have a preference? I think I've just channel like I've kind of gone into more of the lead space because I'm generally quite inquisitive and I like, I like the idea of trying to get and extract the best out of the guests that are with me. Yep. Um, I do enjoy every now and then going into that and and. Like analyst yep. uh, role where I'm thinking about the game more and how it should be i I just love that anyway, so I'm always looking out for for different things to kind of work out why game is going a certain way or what the bowler might be thinking the batter might be thinking mm-hmm. so I definitely thought I definitely think leads harder because um, yep. you're setting the tone, you're kind of. You're trying to draw out the the information and make it interesting and keep the flow going yep. and um, which, I'm, well, you do all the time. So yeah, um, but yeah, taking taking different things from different bits. So I, I've watched a lot of Ian Ward as a presenter. He's mm-hmm. outstanding. Um, he's outstanding. Super slick. Mark Howard, I think, is exceptional in what he does. Yeah. Um. Both on the pitch and, and interviewing players, but also he he does a lunchtime show with Fox, which for me could not be co- conducted any better. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that could do that. Um. Garth Kapoor probably in India. He's yep. he's brilliant uh, when it comes to hosting, and just looking at people's different styles, but um trying to kind of find myself within that, and I feel like I've got to that place now through almost like an apprenticeship of working around the world. So. You found your happy place? Found my happy place. Like, found me. <laughs> I, I, like don't, I don't know about that, we'll see. <laughs> but, um, Yeah, and, and obviously I've learned a lot from you as well. So just watching the way you conduct yourself in, in presentations and um, on commentary, I mean, you've got your own style that stands above a lot of people and... Um, have been inspired by that as well, so.
0: Okay, moving on. So, okay, we're going to do a quick word association. <laughs> I just want now, I know I asked you in a snapshot beforehand and we went on for 45 minutes, so this one just needs to be quite concise, okay, Aja? <laughs> All Neurons.
1: Okay, sorry, what do I have to Word do? association.
0: Forget. First thing that pops into your mind <laughs> right. when I say the word.
1: <laughs> Neurons. Okay. Uh, neurites. Music.
0: Rich. That would be your husband, fair enough to. Calcutta? Grandparents. T20 World Cup next year.
1: Which one? Women's. <laughs> well done, you.
0: <laughs> Women's.
1: MCG sellout. Can it be done? Yes.
0: How important is it? Very. Why? We're not, we're not on word association <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it comes to the second question that I do ask everyone Why, why would it mean so much to you to see a, a full ground? Because you've seen it at Lords, You yeah. saw it in 2017 yeah. Your home country That was one of the most magical moments I've ever experienced um, Just as a sports lover more so than anything else Because mm. um, it, was, it was a different type of packed ground I was lucky enough to be at the Men's World Cup yeah. final this year yeah. It was packed And it was an amazing game Likewise for the women's But it was just a different sounding, and it just I think in terms of a game-changing moment for the game, for women's sport, for so many things, it was it was pretty special. Why would why would the G be any different?
1: Can you imagine the noise? Yeah. At the G, (laughs) when the girls walk out, because I I played at the G as you have um, in front of six people. You played at yeah. Played a few games. Yeah. Australia and.
0: Um, yes, and he, Victoria Yeah,
1: and Victoria hmm. In front of...
0: I've actually played an AFL women's game on the MCG Have you? Yeah, that's another story That's Amazing. a whole other podcast Yeah, we won't go there Keep going <laughs> um,
1: I've played there with 30,000 people And it feels like there hasn't been anyone there at all Yeah So to have a, a sellout crowd Um. Albeit it will be just another thing that Australia will trump us at, but... Uh, it's not a competition. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. No. It just be so significant for for the game as a whole, but not just cricket, women's sport in general, I think. And the other thing that was amazing about that 2017 final was... I remember being pitch side when it was all going off. Annie Shrubsoll was running in, and I just watched the ball. And I, bearing in mind, I had to present pretty much straight away after. Yeah. With, I'd lost any control of professionalism in that moment. I was just Nothing wrong with that, though. No, not at all. And, yeah. I, and I was just riding with that when yeah. it, when it came to doing my job. But yeah. I was literally... I was watching... And your bowl, and then I'd immediately turn around and look at the stand and see mm-hmm. everyone 's faces, yeah, and I was like punching my fist in the air <laughs> and just going crazy on the boundary and pacing up and down and um, it was actually similar for the men 's game, but uh, I, I just remember that feeling of how good is this, and it feels like everyone is pulled together from the broadcast point of view, everyone wanted it yeah. to happen.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: from a, an administration point of view, everyone wanted it to happen. The ICC, the ECB, mm-hmm. the, the broadcasters, the, the media, the writers, the journalists, everyone was pulling together. Maybe not the MCC members, but <laughs> mostly everyone. And, it, and that collective feeling yeah. when we all had a beer... After the game, and it, there's a slight
0: moment of disbelief that it actually happened yeah. too. Did you feel that? I, I certainly felt that.
1: There, there was a slight moment of disbelief. Like, did that just happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But to to pull something like that off, you need everyone pulling in the same direction. Hmm. And I just think that, from what I've seen in the build up to this final, that's what's happening. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't get any bigger than Katy Perry, to be
0: honest. That is also true. <laughs> I'm going to have to put you on the spot. I know you're going to say England's going to win <laughs> win this final. Um, you've been out, you've covered uh, the WBBL finals with Fox Sports. You've seen a lot of the Australian players, a lot of the overseas players uh, in this competition and around the world since the last T20 World Cup. What are you looking forward to most um, in terms of players and teams in the competition?
1: Just the skill levels actually because I think the WBBL has gone to another level I... and the the skills of the players has gone to another level and it's just so exciting that for me actually is the one thing that I love about watching women's cricket is that players I used to play against and with girls like Elise Perry Elisa Healy just seeing how they've gone to this
0: next level (laughs) uh, this
1: unbelievable level of of cricket where i just didn't think was possible well i i did think it was possible but that that's probably given me the most joy actually just to, to kind of see how how they've developed um and the same for for the england girls to to see that you know they they don't get as sort of flustered by big occasions they they love the big occasions um you just watch the heat in the final of the the wbbl and the run chase was conducted perfectly i don't think they panicked at all at any stage during that run chase and i think that's that's also another kind of big step forward for women's (laughs) cricket in a big final like that so That's um, that's what I'm looking forward
0: to. We started this interview and the sun was high over the Swan River. It's now setting beautifully. There's a gorgeous sunset here in Perth. Uh, so thanks to the Australian team for wrapping up that test match in four days. Ichigo, thank you so much. I know you were slightly nervous on all the questions I could have asked. I'm going to switch the recorder off now and I'm going to ask those questions and uh, maybe I'll sell that as a as a separate episode to T20 Road to the World Cup. Thank you so much for that. Love you, Mel. <laughs>